Welcome to Hymn Talk, a discussion of hymns, music, and singing in the life of the church. I'm Zach DePrima, and with me is my brother Alex. Alex, what few know is this is a bonus episode bonus of episode. Hymn Talk, backed nice. by popular demand. Okay. And you know why we're doing a bonus episode? Uh, no. Because it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it is Christmas time. When you and, say back by popular demand, who is oh, this populace demanding? <laughs> they the are ranting and raving, believe okay. you me. Okay. And like I said, it is the most wonderful time of the year, and uh, there will be scary ghost stories. There will be uh, uh, marshmallows for roasting, and there will be tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Uh, but Alex, we're here to discuss some of our favorite Christmas hymns, not silly songs about Rudolph and uh, St. Nick. We're here to talk about uh, hymns that have become favorites of ours. Some of these are well-known. Mm-hmm. Some of these, in my mind, are surprisingly not very well-known. But mm-hmm. these are just, we wanted to profile very quickly and uh, offer to people and commend to people to maybe sing in their churches. So do you have any thoughts before we uh, get started? Well, uh, two thoughts come to mind. So my per- my personal opinion is that the Christmas season offers us an opportunity to sing some of the greatest hymns ever written. And um, just some of the best poetry, some of the best tunes, some of the best hymns ever written are particularly associated with the birth of Jesus, his coming into the world, the incarnation. And uh, so that's the first thing. And I would encourage churches to go all in on Advent sing these songs as much as possible, wear them out, have a Christmas hymn sing, sing songs in your small groups, just make much of Mm -hmm. the Christmas season. And then my second comment, I'm just never going to get popular support on, and I've accepted that, but we really should be singing these songs all year round, and it's such a shame that we don't, Um, but I have found in my experience almost no one agrees with me on that, and so I, I have to just carry that cross, carry that burden. <laughs> but I just feel like I just need to keep saying that. We should sing Joy to the World, Hark the Herald, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel in June. Um, uh, but I, I recognize I'm in a well, Alex, very small minority I appreciate that. that opinion. I support that opinion. And I will offer you no help in seeing that opinion come to fruition. <laughs> we will remain singing these songs probably only around Christmas time. The rest of our life and ministries. So, Alex, the first hymn we're going to discuss is a biggie. It's it's one that, if you're a Christian, everybody knows this song. Most non-Christian people in the West should know this song as well. And, but it's it's one we want to highlight because I think it's it's often uh, it's not appreciated for it, its its deep lyrics, and that is "Hark the Herald Angels mm. Sing." So good. This hymn it's a hymn by Charles Wesley. Uh, written in 1739, and the tune, I don't know when it was written, but it was written by Felix Mendelssohn. Uh, wonderful tune. It's a hymn, but it's also a hymn with a, with a refrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth reading the first, the first uh, verse. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, and with angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Alex, one, one thought I, I, I want to say early in, in this conversation 
that I think is deeply neglected in our understanding of Christmas hymns, I went through all of our songs that we sing as a church, all of our songs that we sing in the Advent season, and we're a young church, we only have about a dozen or 15 of those Mm -hmm. that we prioritize around Mm -hmm. this season. All of them, every single one of them, make reference to Christ's kingdom. They make reference to the Lord Jesus being king, and it welcomes and anticipates and celebrates the arrival of the Lord as king. That's appropriate because in all of the birth narratives, as far as I'm aware, make something of Jesus being from the line of David or being the king or or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. and I I think it it should be, we as Bible-believing Christians, we should understand ourselves as those who inhabit the kingdom of God. We are those who have entered the kingdom of God. I, I think Christians... Uh, cannot think enough about kingdom living, but I would just challenge Christians, go hard in the paint on your your view mm-hmm. and your appreciation of the kingdom around Christmas time, because oh, yeah. you are celebrating the arrival of the king, and certainly this hymn does, mm-hmm. does that. I'll just say, by the way, I mean, I love that first verse, great verse. It's actually, I think, I think all the other verses are better than that verse. I'm They're with you all on that. so good. That line is just such a great, great statement. Please, as man, with man, to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hmm. That apart apart from the glory of the truth that's that's reflecting, that's just a wordsmith right there working yeah. working his magic. Pleased yeah. as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. It's, that's just a fantastic. Song. I think it's the best uh, 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 song by the way that Charles Wesley wrote. Hmm. Hmm. Any other thoughts on this hymn, Alex? Uh, sing it a lot. Sing it at the start of the service. Sing it at the end of the service. Oh, it's just wonderful. And and by the way, favorite version of all time, uh, it's the the uh, Charlie Brown and his friends singing this in the Christmas mm. special, complete with the the Lulu Lulus at the beginning of it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Kelly Clarkson acapella, but no. yeah, Charlie Brown's great too. <laughs> no, I'll take uh, the Vince Guaraldi Charlie Brown version. Well, uh, it is. Linus does quote from Luke. Too, doesn't he? He does. The, it's amazing. It, I don't know if they still show that on TV. They did when I was a kid, and it was the most explicit gospel uh, 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 address I think you would ever find on TV. Um, Linus's sermon at the Christmas pageant from Luke two. Sadly, there's a lack of appreciation for the Peanuts cartoons, but parents. Well, well, do you know the you context? Yeah. Charlie Brown is all upset by the commercialism of Christmas, and he just at the at, toward the end of this episode groans aloud, can anyone explain to me the true meaning of Christmas? Hmm. And Linus says, I can explain it to you, Charlie Brown. Hmm. And the spotlight falls on Linus and it gets very quiet. And he essentially recites the Christmas story from from Luke 2. Yes. And, um, oh, it's so moving. Yeah. Well, that's that's the biggie. It's a biggie, but it's a goodie. Hark the Herald. Uh, The next one is an oldie, less known, but also a goodie. And that is, Lo, how a rose air blooming. Lo, how a rose air blooming. Oh, you're you're going to have a time selling this song, too. <laughs> <laughs> to this is a German hymn that was translated, a uh, 15th century German German hymn. Rela- it doesn't sound like they did a very good job of translating it <laughs> into they English. Theodore Baker did a wonderful job translating this hymn. Okay, here's what I'm saying. Just go listen to this song. Mm-hmm. Listen to it, listen to a professional rendition of it, listen to King's College of Cambridge sing it, and you'll be edified. Okay, and, and to be clear, for those listening, the name of the song is Lo, How a Rose, Air Blooming, like E apostrophe E-R, Ever yes. Blooming, Air Blooming. Yes. How Air, 
Air. Air. <laughs> and that line comes directly from Isaiah 11. And friends, I would encourage you, uh, meditate on, on Isaiah 11 this Advent season. Mm-hmm. What you'll see, uh, I mentioned uh, kingdom theology a moment ago, but you'll also see uh, wonderful expectation and prediction of, of what that kingdom would entail. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 11, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the rest of the rest of that chapter is all about how this king will come and judge uh, with equity. He'll visit the poor. He'll serve the the humble, those who approach him. He'll also judge his enemies. And then also a wonderful part of, of the kingdom. He will renew the creation. Yeah. He will renew the natural order. So you got this talk about the lion having fellowship with the lamb, the child mm-hmm. uh, being able to play around the cobra's hole, the cobra's <laughs> nest. Yeah, wow. it, there's all these reversals seen uh, in that, and that's all what this hymn. Do, does the cobra make an appearance in this song? The cobra does not. Okay. Well. The cobra does not. Um, but Isaiah is actually makes an appearance in the hymn. The second verse of the hymn says, Isaiah twas foretold it, the rose I have in mind. With Mary we behold it, the virgin mother in kind. Yeah. To show God's love aright, she bore a man a savior. When half gone was the night. Again, I, I recommend that you listen to this hymn first. It is ambitious for a congregation, but it is possible. We're not introducing it this year. I hope to introduce it uh, in the future at Emmanuel Church, but I think it's a hymn that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ should be very familiar with and celebrate and uh, sing as well. That is, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming. Yes. Go look it up. Next, Alex, we have All My Heart This Night Rejoices. Oh, and, and all my heart rejoices that we're giving profile to this song. So, fun fact, All My Heart, Alex, written by Paul Gerhardt in the 17th century, the German hymn writer, uh, German Lutheran minister and hymn writer, and translated by the one and only Catherine Winkworth. Now, Catherine Winkworth has showed up several times on this uh, on this podcast. Now, you would have thought from low How a Rose Air Blooming that Theodore Baker might have been my favorite German <laughs> translator of hymns into English, but you would be wrong. My favorite is the one and only Catherine Winkworth. Well, and I'll just say, as, as someone who studied German and grew up speaking English, <laughs> Catherine Winkworth did a phenomenal job with this song. I mean, <laughs> she just did a fantastic... Shakespeare know, could have written this song. So, so fun fun fact, uh, Catherine Winkworth also translated another favorite of ours, Praise the Lord the Almighty, mm. which may be my definitely top five uh, favorite hymn of all time, hmm. might be number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also uh, translated another hymn by Paul Gerhardt. Do you know what hymn that is? Paul Gerhardt? Uh, no. It is, Oh, Sacred Head Now Wounded. Mm. So he wrote that hymn as well. Well, he also wrote, All My Heart, This Night Rejoices. Alex, what do you like about this hymn? I love everything about this hymn. I love the tune. There, there are a couple of tunes out there. Um, uh, the, the one I love, um, uh, what, what's the, uh, who's the author of the tune that I love so much? Do you know? Uh, the tune is, oh, yes, it's Johann Ebling. Okay, yeah, that's the tune that, that I love so much. Um, and uh, yeah, many I, hymnals will just say Ebling. Okay, that's E B E L I N G. There's like there's like thirty verses to this song. They're all good. Um, I think my favorite is um, the way we sing it. It's the last verse. It says, "Thee, dear Lord, with heed I'll cherish. Live to Thee and with Thee, 
dying shall not perish, but shall dwell with thee forever, far on high, in the joy that can alter never. Um, just a fantastic song. Love the tune, love the harmonies, love the lyrics. Again, she did a phenomenal job translating the song. This is my favorite Christmas hymn. Mm. Of all Christmas hymns, this is my favorite uh, uh, Christmas hymn. And sadly, it's not so well known, but mm. it, again, it rejoices my heart mm-hmm. that you would profile the, the song, All My Heart This Night Rejoices. Well, we are uh, under pain of church discipline. We are uh, making the church learn this hymn this year. Is that correct? I, I have... I have advocated for this hymn every year, and this year finally, I think we're singing it two or three times, which just just makes me so happy. I, I hope that I don't think this is going to be like a huge hit. I don't think people are going to have the hmm. same reaction to this song that I've had, but I'm hoping that there are six or seven true souls out there <laughs> who will come to me um, afterwards and say, "Thank you, Pastor Alex. Thank you." from the bottom of my heart, hmm. that you would introduce this song into the life of our church. It now is my favorite Christmas song. I wasn't sure I was a Christian. Now now I know that I'm a Christian. I, I finally have assurance. my heart was strangely warmed by the truths of that song. If this song has that effect, I would be delighted. <laughs> well, next, Alex, for the fourth one, we have Once in Royal David's City. Yeah, this is a hymn by Cecil Francis Alexander. And essentially, this is actually more or less kind of in Psalter form, expositing uh, the angel's message in Luke 2, uh, what, what the angel, de- the angel uh, and eventually angels declare to the shepherds. Mm-hmm. The first verse says, Once in royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed, where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was the mother mild, Jesus Christ her little child. One reason why I like this hymn, Alex, is not only is it just almost most of it's just straight from the Bible, but this has a I think particular impression upon children. Mm-hmm. This song, uh, the the uh, language of child and children, and uh, even the Lord's childhood, how that should affect how we view childhood, what children should aspire to be who love the Lord, uh, I think is is profound, and I think it's a great song to teach children. Mm-hmm. One of those uh, verses that perhaps some people wouldn't like says, and through all his wondrous childhood, he would honor and obey, love and watch the lowly maiden in whose gentle arms he lay. So it's imagining Jesus obeying his mother. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last two lines of that verse says, Christian children all must be mild, obedient, good as he. Now, why wouldn't someone like that line? That's, That's delightful. I don't know. I think I think some people they just buck up against anything that suggests that people should try to be good. Hmm. Anything that might make me think for a second that I'm not saved alone, uh, saved by grace alone as a sinner, uh, and that I should pursue righteousness. Just some people they recoil at that type of language. Well, I think that's lame, and I think I think such people need to read their Bibles better. That's a delightful line. It's a great line for children to learn to think about and to think that I should be obedient to my parents and mild like Jesus was before his parents, uh, following his pattern. What could be a, what could be a more sanctified thought than that? So something we're doing this year, uh, along we're actually having a, uh, a hymn sing, and in that hymn sing, the children will be singing "Heart the Herald Angels Sing." So something I, I I'm doing, and I actually do this often with newer songs or songs that I want to teach the congregation. I'll have the Sunday school teachers teach these songs to the children. Hmm. Uh, so this is one of those songs as well. Once in Royal David City, I'm having the the. 
uh, Sunday school teachers teach the children not only how to sing the song, but but what these lines mean. Hmm. And uh, I think this will go well. well. And, and let me just put a pitch out there. So if if you live in America and you have like a Christmas special on TV, like a, a, a musical thing, it's probably, be, it's probably going to be some super lame thing with Mariah Carey in Times Square, or it's going to be like a country music Christmas or whatever. Just these intolerable, sacrilegious, horrible, horrible commercial events. But if you lived in merry old England, uh, they would probably show this annual concert they do at King's College in Cambridge every year, where your boy, your guy, uh, Charles Simeon, is mm. buried. Mm-hmm. Um, at King's College, the boys' choir, well, no, the, 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 the King's College choir, which includes their boys' choir, they do, I think the official event is called Nine Lessons and Carols mm. from King's or mm-hmm. something like that. Traditional Christmas service. People all around the world tune in and watch the service. And it begins with the song Once in Royal David City, and it begins, the first verse, I think, is a cappella. And you have usually like just a young boy mm. uh, singing the song, eight or nine-year-old, 10-year-old, or something like that, before their voices have changed and they mm-hmm. lose that lovely falsetto voice, soprano <laughs> voice. And it starts with a little boy singing all in his own Once in Royal David City. And apparently in the world of young boys' choirs and among little boys who can sing in a soprano fashion, that is like the highest honor you could possibly have to sing the opening verse of Once in Royal David City at the televised event of King's College, Cambridge, Nine Lessons hmm. and Carols from Kings. And um, yeah, so if you can tune in, you can watch recordings of that whole thing on, on YouTube uh, and that particular song. And the album it. is just fantastic as well. There's there's something like 40 or something songs on there. Yeah, they sing and songs. With that. They'll sing a, car- a song like, like Once in Royal David City and they'll then they'll have a reading. Mm-hmm. You know, from from the scriptures or from from the uh, the Book of Common Prayer or something like that. And it's really delightful. I was once at an Anglican service where I saw. I think they call them choristers. I could be wrong, but I saw these young boys, mm-hmm. like nine years old, eight years old. They ain't messing around. Yeah, taking their vows. Yeah, to to participate. Do you in vow the, to sing God's praises? Oh, it was intense. I'm gonna and take was, some of the kids at this church. It was to those impressive. Vows. I mean. They, they, they took these solemn vows to worship God and to promote the worship of God in, in that particular church and to set a good example and all these things. It was very impressive to see these, these eight, nine-year-old boys in solemn fashion hmm. vowing that they were going to worship the Lord in the context of this choir in this high Anglican church. Anyway, that's hmm. neither here nor there. Well, Alex, last but not least, uh, a hymn we want to promote is the hymn titled Of the Father's Love Begotten. Now... To your ambition, this is one of those hymns that we actually do sing all year round. That's true, and and I'm so glad we do because it's uh, first of all it's an ancient song, um, centuries old, and it follows the pattern more or less of like an ancient creed, mm-hmm. and so it seems very appropriate that we would sing it either before or after reading, like we read the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, mm-hmm. um, very fitting in that regard. I don't think a lot of people know this song. Mm. So they don't associate it with Christmas. Yeah. So it's easier to get away with it. Yeah, I think I think that's how we're able able to do it. Yeah, it's based on um, the early creeds of the fourth century. So it's it's a great song to sing before or after. If you're a church that recites the Nicene or the Apostles' Creed or the Chalcedonian Creed, uh, this is a wonderful song to him song to sing before or after that. And uh, it's a song if you could pull it off, probably works one probably works best a cappella. Uh, but it also lends itself well to to uh, more intricate, involved arrangements. Um, this one also was translated by uh, Baker, and um, by uh, and the original writer is Aurelius Prudentius. Uh, one of my favorite verses. Aurelius 
Prudentious. <laughs> Prudentious. I wish that was my name. <laughs> what a great name. If uh, your name is Aurelius Prudentious, you, you are, are born for some sort of noble career, some noble feat. Now, as for my, my favorite verse of this hymn, it's either... No, no comment? <laughs> Very funny. Um, yeah. The, uh, as for my favorite verse in this hymn, it's probably the second to last verse or the last verse. I'll read the second to last verse. And that's, that, uh, that's where the writer says, O ye heights of heaven, adore him. Angel hosts his praises sing. All dominions bow before him and extol our God and King. Let no tongue on earth be silent, every voice in concert ring, evermore and evermore. And if you're not familiar with this hymn, each verse uh, uh, concludes with that line, evermore and evermore, Mm -hmm. uh, because the Lord's kingdom has no end. Mm -hmm. Alex, any other thoughts on this hymn? You really went with some obscure songs for this episode. No no joy (laughs) to the world, oh come all you faithful, oh come, oh come Emmanuel. We'll we'll sing those things in our church, and probably most of our listeners are already singing those songs. So. You, you, what child is this? People come to this angels po- we have heard on high. <laughs> people come to this podcast for the deep cuts. <laughs> well, they they got some deep cuts today with <laughs> low low air rose <laughs> springing. Uh, Here he come a rose of lumen. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, enjoy the deep cuts. Hopefully, you learned a song today that you you didn't know, and hopefully, you already know. Uh, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel, and joy to the world, and some of those more well known songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could, we could go on with honorable mentions, but we want to be a little brief for this episode. With that, we're out of time. Alex, thank you for your time. Hey, thank you. <laughs>